We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Monday, October 16th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Um, joining me as every Monday is my colleague Derek Van Riper from Wisconsin, where there is a giant black cloud this morning. You know, the weird thing is, because we've seen this happen before with Aaron Rodgers, it didn't wreck me quite the same way it did last time. Like when it happened a few years back in that Monday night game against the Bears, that was more like jarring for me. Right. Now I just expect players to break all the time because the game is what it is. And, you know, you think about the way the Packers kind of fell apart physically throughout the game yesterday. Both their starting tackles who had just returned to play together for the first time either all season or since week one, they both left the game early. DBs were getting beat up. I mean, it was just, it was bad. Like the, the offense as a whole is a shell of what it could be, even with a backup quarterback, if that offensive line continues to have injuries. Like they had three offensive linemen, three starters leave that game yesterday. Right. So what, so now what? Now, Brett Hundley, I mean, it looks like Rogers' season might be over is where we are this morning. Um, and you have to assume from a fantasy standpoint, I think that it is. What do you do with 
the receivers. I mean, you know, you know, you have Jordy Nelson. You're like, oh, I mean, he's Jordy Nelson. He's he's my guy. Um, what do you do? How do you how do you plan for this? And do you look at Randall Cobb and say, hey, sorry, dude. Um, you know, I was with you, but now I'm not. Like, I, who who is is there a winner here? Is it Martellus Bennett? I mean, you know, what 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 are you thinking? Bennett to me looks like he's going to have to block even more because yeah. they continue to have these problems. So Bennett's like a drop for me. I, I was as patient as I could possibly be with him. I know inexperienced quarterbacks will lean on the tight end a lot. I just don't see him getting a chance to run that many routes the way things are going right now. Right. So Cobb kind of becomes a guy that, you know, you think about how he's used it's a lot of quick underneath routes and then extended plays. The extended plays probably go away because nobody's Rogers. Like that's just that's right. kind of a given. I think in a, a matchup like next week, they get the Saints before they get the bye. Maybe all three Nelson, Adams, and Cobb are still startable because other teams are on bye. But I think what happens is Nelson becomes kind of a mid-range wide receiver two. Adams becomes a three. Cobb becomes a, a desperation, you know, injuries and bye weeks kind of flex. I think they all take a pretty big hit. You wonder how much more they're going to try to run the ball. But if they have a completely destroyed offensive line, they may not be able to establish the run very effectively. So as much as I kind of believe in the idea that Brett Hundley could in in other circumstances just be passable, it seems like everything's kind of stacked against him. Right. I mean, the Saints are a bad enough defense where maybe they find a way to make something happen. And people are going to say, well, they got to they got to sign Colin Kaepernick. And like, I oh, sure. Like, do I think Colin Kaepernick is better than Brett Hundley? Yeah. Do I think he's better than Joe Callahan? Absolutely. But I think the the number of injuries they're dealing with aside from Rodgers right now just makes this team look like it has a very bleak future as we kind of look ahead to the second half. Yeah, this is this is brutal. This is right. And yesterday, just so you know, everybody, um, I mean, Rodgers missed most of the game. Jordy six for 60, Devontae five for 54 and a score. Uh, Cobb three for twenty eight, Bennett two for twenty two, and remember we had Xavier Rhodes. Who was was it? Was Xavier Rhodes following someone? Was he tracking Jordy? No, he he. There were some points where Trey Waynes was on Nelson, and when that happened, they were going at Trey Waynes. So yeah. uh, they they were not moving Rhodes to follow any one receiver. Uh, the other thing that was kind of weird, Ty Montgomery had what should have been a TD catch. It was a little bit of a, a bad throw, but he, he just bobbled the ball and they reviewed it and overturned it. Initially, they called it a TD on the field. So the line from Hundley could have looked a little better, could have had a second TD pass in there. Um, one of the picks was a really nice like one-handed play by uh, Harrison Smith. One pick was at the very end of the game, kind of just like desperation Minnesota's defense is good. Like that's that's the other point I think people need to keep in mind. So the Packers lost a lot of players other than Rodgers and were facing a very good defense on the road. So maybe the offensive line injuries aren't all as bad as they seemed yesterday. Maybe the secondary starts to get healthy. It's a lot of maybes. And, you know, the good news is uh, I was looking at SeatGeek this morning. The price of Packer tickets for that game I'm going to on Sunday has gone down. <laughs> It's all, it's all about you. Yeah, it's all about me. I, I'm just right. look. I'm just looking for a silver lining. I'm I'm frustrated like everybody else. And it, it, even if you don't like the Packers, if you just like football, you, you never want to see great players. You don't want to see any players get hurt. But you don't want to see the players that completely change the game go yeah. down. It, it sucks because it just it makes every game less watchable. Every game. Right. 
I, I don't want to. I have no interest in watching the Packers from here. Well, I, I got to watch them every week. And the I thing, and, and some of us, some of us here know this. Some of us know that watching a backup caliber quarterback or a backup quarterback is what a lot of other teams deal with year in and year out. I mean, the Packers have had backup quarterbacks start about ten games in the last twenty five years. Yeah. So deal with it. Like, I mean, if you're a Packer fan like me and you listen to this and you're like, oh, this is woe is me. This is terrible. This is what half the league deals with every year, every week, where right. it's just injuries galore and a quarterback that can't like single handedly make such ridiculous plays that it swings games. OK, um, last question about this and I'll let you I'll let you move on from it. Um, would you if you had people in two quarterback leagues? Would you say, yes, take a shot at Brett Hundley or pass? I think you take the shot because in two quarterback leagues right now, I mean, in the Stopa League, I'm playing Joe Flacco. Flacco is <laughs> getting me like eight points a game. Right. I think Hundley with those weapons and maybe having to play a lot of catch up, they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. That defense is so banged up. He's going to throw the ball a lot more than they want. Okay. And I think just by volume, he'll be at least a passable second quarterback uh, in two quarterback leagues. Okay. Everybody, we want to thank Fanball for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Check them out now, fanball.com. Um, social media, you can get us on Twitter. Derek's at Derek Van Riper. I'm at jhelpin 37 You can also catch us at Rotowire. Get the news feed at Rotowire NFL. And always catch us on Facebook. We have uh, Facebook Live Q&As throughout the week, including pregame on Sunday. Okay, this was a weird weekend. We're just going to go through the games. Um, I, I think the question I asked you on Friday um, might have been Tim on Thursday. But Dolphins Falcons, I said, "How is this game not a route?" And there you have it. Yeah, that Survivor pool. Did he, who survived? Who stayed in the Survivor pool this week? Falcons and Broncos done. were it, pretty much. Yeah, it, it's over now. Like your Survivor pools, people probably won a lot of Survivor pools this week <laughs> because uh, the Falcons and Broncos would have had seemingly like eighty plus percent of of the choices of in pools maybe even more and uh, i look the falcons were up 17 nothing with six minutes to go in the third quarter right i had the red zone going during the packer game and i'm looking at that i'm going wow the dolphins continue to be awful like what what is going on we, we kind of like this team we kind of liked adam gaze like what what the heck and they come back and they win they're three and two the yeah. Dolphins have the same record as the falcons this is crazy the falcons have two home losses this year to the dolphins and the bills like they can't figure out the AFC East. They just can't do it. No. And, and, and I look at the after yesterday, I looked at the NFC. And so it's funny. One of the one of the local radio guys here in Charlotte put up. He said he wanted to put up a poll yesterday this morning saying who's the best team in the NFC. But he said, there's too many choices. I can't list them all. Like, what do I what do you do here? Eagles. I mean, by record, that's that would be the one. And they, they seem like they're pretty strong. But. I mean, everybody's, you know, you look at the Falcons and before yesterday, you would have said, yeah, one of the best two or three. And then, you know, I don't know. What do I do with this? They've lost in home to the Bills and the Dolphins. So. Well, yeah. And the, like, there's this thing that that list usually does. I think he does it after week four where he gives you a choice. You can choose uh, having any four teams that you want or the field to win the Super Bowl. And then if you if you take the the field, the other person has to decide which four teams they want that day. Well, the Packers would have been one of those four teams and. They're not going to win the Super Bowl without Aaron Rodgers. So unless he makes it back in eight weeks and they somehow stay afloat, that's totally dead money. Atlanta might have been one of those teams you would have taken after week four. Sure. 
You're not feeling good about that right now. The Chiefs, you probably wouldn't have taken them, even though they lost. I don't know. Like it's it's been a strange year so far. Yes. Really strange year. I agree. Um, this game, JHI, nice day. Um, I mean, the Falcons ran well. They didn't time of possession. Dolphins dominated time of possession, 35 plus, I think. Um, otherwise, let's see. Statistically, your Dolphins receivers, I mean, Devontae Parker was out. Landry and Stills both had touchdowns. If you if you took the flyer on Stills, it worked. It wasn't the greatest productivity day, but the touchdown made it work. Um, Landry got flat. Landry's got tons of targets again. Remember in the beginning of the season when we talked about everybody thought Cutler was going to was going to use Devontae Parker so much because you know Cutler likes to throw to the perimeter and, and Landry might take a hit. Landry he is funneling targets to Landry even before yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that, though, was Parker being out yesterday. Parker had 9, 10, and 8 targets in his first three games before he got hurt against right. Tennessee last week. So he was getting pretty good volume, too. He was. But Landry, I'm going to check the targets real quick. Um, hang on. Where are? Where am I? Um, it, the targets on Landry are they, – they, there's something. He was in the top 10. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. He's gone 15, 11, 7, 10, and 14. He's got yeah. four double-digit target games. And again, they're a team that falls behind a lot. So that right. makes two guys capable of having pretty high-volume workloads. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Landry, your PPR guy, he's fine. Um, the other side, we talked about Austin Hooper last week. He actually, I mean, if you're in PPR, he's fine. Uh, he caught seven passes. Um, the other guys, Taylor Gabriel was my guy that we talked about on Friday, and he was just kind of mediocre. I mean, four for 39. Julio's okay. Again, I mean, Devontae Parker, the numbers look good on the per carry basis, but they didn't have the ball long enough to do enough damage. Yeah. Yeah. And Coleman got the TD. So that, that made it even worse for Freeman yesterday that he had 68 yards. It was great per carry. Right. uh, Thanks to a 44 yard run. The weird thing for me about the Falcons, I had, again, this was a red zone game for me, but even while watching red zone, I saw a few situations like third down situations where Julio Jones came off the field and it wasn't like he limped off the field where he'd rolled an ankle or something and just needed to get taped up. It was like a personnel change. Like what, what's going on with that? Like why maybe, maybe it's only the, you know, they, they have 65 offensive snaps. He plays 60 of them and a few of them are third downs. Maybe it's just a coincidence or something, but why would he not be on the field for any third down that you would want to convert even like third inches? Wouldn't you just want it out there on the outside just to keep the defense honest? You would think, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, that was a weird one. That's Julio. Julio owners have to be disappointed at this point in the season. Um, all right, bears Ravens. So wacky game here. I mean, special teams and defense and all that stuff. Um, the Bears, um, Woody Hayes is apparently coaching the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> the running backs ran 50 times at 36 for 167 for Howard, 14 for 32 for Tarko, and Trubisky only threw 16 passes. Um, do, do you think this is literally, uh, this is, it seems extreme, but if you're John Fox, is this the way you kind of would hope to go? Yeah, I mean, if you're John Fox and you're coaching for your job, Breaking Jordan Howard to keep your job is a small price to pay if you're him, I guess. I mean, right. That's that's a crazy volume. Howard had a pretty, pretty nice run in overtime, which kind of set up the game winning field goal, of course, which is good because he had a play late in regulation that forced the Bears to punt. I think they could have 
ran. They could have run more clock or forced the Ravens to burn a timeout, but he, he stayed in bounds. Or, or so I say he ran out of bounds on a play where he should have stayed in bounds. And uh, I think that was a play right before the Ravens like blocked or returned a punt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, this was a game that was on while I was watching the uh, the red zone. So there was some crazy stuff going on in this game late, and uh, I'm surprised they went to 51 combined. Yeah, right. Um, other side, Alex Collins keeps kind of running sort of well for for the Ravens. Not bad. I mean, it's a, I I think we sort of are, are we at the point where we need to take him a little more seriously. Yeah, I mean, every time he's getting an opportunity, he's he's cashing it in for a good per carry total. I mean, he hasn't had a game yet this year below 4.6 yards per carry. Right. Um, 15 for 74 yesterday. I mean, the receivers in this game, really nothing to speak of on either side. Um, and Joe Flacco's just just he's not elite. Let's put it that way. No longer elite. No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, look at like what. Is it the back or is he just done? Like he's only 32, so he shouldn't he shouldn't really just be done. But if he was never great to begin with, he was only kind of just OK or average. He had the back injury. Maybe this is it. Maybe he is one of those guys that will be a surprise, like shorter career type. Right. I think you might be right. Um, Browns, Texans. Um, all right. So Deshaun Watson, just terrific again. Right. I mean, this guy is just, you know, he's legit. He's he's an every week starter at this point. I mean, he is what he is. So um, otherwise, let's see. Duke Johnson. Why don't they get I mean, they were losing. And but you would think the game script. And, and again, I, and I didn't watch much of this. We're doing this early Monday morning. Uh, why, why don't they get him the ball more? I mean, every time you think they're gonna, they just kind of say, yeah, you know, maybe not today. Yeah, they. um they have some problems. I mean, one, they don't have a, a number one receiver without Corey Coleman. That's that's a huge one. Two, they started Kevin Hogan at quarterback because Kaiser had looked pretty bad. Uh, and three, they, they they underutilized Duke Johnson. I, I agree with that that take. It's just why can't they figure it out? Why are they so bad every single year? They've been bad my entire life. I think I've seen them play in one playoff game ever. And Kelly Holcomb started it. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I forgot about Kelly Holcomb. <laughs> All right. Um, otherwise, with this, let's see. I mean, you know, don't be alarmed by the Texans rushing with the split with Foreman and Miller because it was a blowout. Will Fuller, I'm still not betting on Will Fuller. I don't care if he if he ends the year with 25 touchdowns. I'm still never telling anyone to start him. All right. So you're, he's, he's one of those guys. You're you're cool with everybody just beating you with Will That's Fuller. Right? I, I have players like that. I, I get it. I, he's he, he's good. He's fast. He got five it, targets. I, I mean, well, they only on. threw it 29 times. Right. I know. Jeez. I mean, the guy is just he he's I, I can't. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this guy starting a guy in a game and going, man, I really hope he gets a 50 yard touchdown because if he doesn't, my team is screwed. Yeah, I, I like him as a GPP option in DFS, and that's about it. Right, and that's fine. He's got potential there. You know, I mean, he's, again, he's Deshaun Jackson light, I think is what he is. Okay, um, Packers-Vikings, we talked about the Packers side of it, obviously. Um, it, j- just ballparking it right now, Where where's McKinnon for you? On the rest of the season, he's a top what-ish? Is he a top 20-ish, 25-ish? How high do you go with him? Yeah, I think twenty to twenty-five, like, is is good. I mean, I think if they if they ditch Latavius Murray, 
that would bump him up even more. But it was so clear watching this game yesterday that McKinnon is the more elusive runner of the two. It's not even close. Right. And he had one call back. He had one big play call back, too. Yeah, there's an illegal block downfield on a screen that he got like 60 on. Right. Um, yeah, finally. I was, a year, I was a year late on, I mean, not me, everybody. You know, we were all the spark score people. <laughs> we're high on McKinnon for the last two years. And now it's like, oh, now he does it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Very frustrating. Yeah. Um, otherwise, in that game, uh, I mean, no, no digs for the Vikes. So Thielen had a nice, solid PPR game. Um, Rudolph five for 47. Um, you talked about Latavius Keenum's kind of, he's kind of sort of not so terrible, I guess. I mean, he, he's what you want your backup to be like, he, he comes in, he can, he can make a few throws. He can move a little bit in the pocket. Saw him get away from pressure a couple times yesterday, uh, but they're going to have Teddy Bridgewater back relatively soon. It sounds like, and, yep. and the Minnesota beat writers are playing it up to be like this interesting question. It's like, well, isn't he your guy? He's healthy. And, Sam Bradford's knees seem like they're just messed up. So I, I I don't think it's that much of a debate. I mean, they've got three guys who can play. Right. But wouldn't it just be Bridgewater? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder how it, healthy means how effective. Because it's not like he was great either. But I don't know. See, the thing with Keenum is if they're, if they're doing okay, I mean, depending on when this happens – and you look at Keenan, let's say, what if they're six and two? Like, what do you do? You know, it's, it's that, uh, that question. We talked about it before the season with, you know, what are the Chiefs going to do when it comes to that? And they're a whole different story now. Um, you know, what, what is the, you know, the other team that drafted quarterbacks? What do you, what do you do if you, if, do you upset the apple cart if your team's winning? You know, yeah, maybe you should, but whether you do or not, sometimes coaches look at that and go, why do I want to tell my team at six and two that I'm changing my quarterback? Yeah, unnecessary drama, perhaps. Well, they've got the the Ravens at home, and I think they get the Browns in London. Mm-hmm. That must be a London game because it's got an eight thirty a.m. kick. So three 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 home games in a row, technically, even though the Cleveland one's obviously a long road trip. I I don't I still don't think this team is is great. I think it's like a solid team because they play great defense. Right, I'm with you. And and the best thing I'd say about Keenum is he doesn't. He's a type of backup. You say, so what you want your backup to do? What he, what he doesn't do, you, you have two very startable fantasy receivers on that team, and he doesn't kill them at all. They're fine. You don't, have to, you don't worry about them. You don't panic and say, oh, no, the backup quarterback, what am I going to do with my receivers? You don't have to do that with him. We've learned that. It really helps that they don't have a lot of like second and third options that we, right. we like. But, right. you know, they're, they're a good team. Like, I mean, yeah. they're, they're just, I, I think, I think their, their issue is going to come down to how many carries they waste on Latavius Murray and how much their quarterbacks turn the ball over. And right. I, I'm, I'm sort of like lukewarm on their ability to get those two things right. Otherwise they, they could be, especially this year with the state of things, in the NFC, they're as well built as any team defensively to go and try and contend. Right. Uh, I agree with you. All right. Um, everybody. You've tried daily fantasy sports games, and I know how it went for you. You had fun playing. You loved the competition, and, you know, you lost. You lost too much, and the Sharks crushed you and stole your lunch money and all that. So maybe you quit playing. Playing daily fantasy is supposed to be fun. It's just that continually losing isn't. But we're here to tell you about a whole new approach to daily fantasy sports, the fanball number at fanball.com. Here's the fanball difference. Your fanball number identifies your skill level. It ensures that you play in contests against players at your skill level. If your fanball number is 35, you're not going to be playing against experts rated in the 80s and 90s because they have their own contests at fanball.com. 
fanball.com. Every player has a fanball number and every contest has a fanball number. So you can find a contest rated around that 35 and know that it'll have players in it just like you. They've leveled the playing field with the fanball number at fanball.com. Have more fun and a better chance to win. Fanball.com. I hope you have Mark Ingram in fanball yesterday, everybody. That was pretty nice. Right. Mark Ingram was one of the few things I got right in daily this week, but I didn't get enough right to do well. Yeah, same here. Um, But Mark Ingram now. Okay, so Lions Saints. So this game, you see this shootout score and you go, oh, typical Saints. But it wasn't. They were up 45 to 10. They picked off Stafford three times. And late, I mean, basically Detroit piled on the garbage time. Okay. Are the Saints, I mean, we're at the point with the Saints, and again, this score might mask this. We're not picking on their defense so much anymore, are we? No, and I think people are going to stream them going up against the Packers in week seven. I think <laughs> yeah. there's going to be some people that are in deeper leagues that say, you know, it's Hunley, it's first start, offensive lines beat up. Let's go ahead and roll the dice in the Saints. Like, they're going to be one of those teams, not the top two or three streamers, but the the next option down that some people are going to turn to. Yep. Um, other things on the, I mean, say, yeah. So Ingram, now that they're down to two backs in new Orleans, Ingram, big day, really big day. And he caught again, everybody, he caught five passes. So this guy's going to catch 50 plus in addition to being a good runner. And, and at the end of the year, you're probably again going to complain that they don't use him enough. And again, he's going to be a top 15 fantasy running back. Elvin Kamara looked good, too. I mean, yep. 7.5 yards per carry. He caught four passes. So if it's a 65-35 split and they run a ton of plays, fine. both will be viable some weeks. Absolutely. Um, the other side, tough to tell with the garbage time. Abdullah's numbers were, you know, meh, whatever. Um, I mean, Marvin back involved. But again, you know, with the passing, they, they threw so much later. Um, Pat's Jets. Close game there. Interesting. The Jets are, you know, they're scrappy. I'll give them that. Um, the thing with that game is it looks like we talked about in the beginning of the season, we talked about the Pats offense and the backfield. And basically it was, well, you know, Gillislee's going to be the guy who who gets the short yardage. And, you know, maybe Burkhead sneaks in there and James White's going to be the pass catcher. And lo and behold, here comes Deion Lewis again. Is Mike Gillislee kind of over? I don't know because he's, I mean, he's getting some work and he's going to get some goal line work. So I don't know. I mean, I don't want to start him next week if that's what you're asking me. Yeah, I'm not sure he's quite a cut, but I've been recommending people to play him for the last last four weeks. Yeah. And he's done pretty much nothing. Right. They were getting to that point now. the, The usage on Lewis is more than I expected. Yep. Lewis didn't catch any passes yesterday, which is kind of surprising. I mean, James White is healthy, so they can be you know, kind of overlapping in what they what they bring to the table. But yeah, Lewis with the rushing TD, Gillisley didn't get it. Yardage per carry was similar, but Gillisley lost that fumble. So you just wonder if he's going to start to fall even further out of favor in these coming weeks. The Patriots they play the guy that fits the best at that time. They don't they don't sweat it otherwise. Right. And they're playing the Falcons at home on I think Sunday night. Um, all right, yeah, Lewis, you're going to, you're going to read just search, I guess, Twitter. I've seen, I feel like I've seen a lot of things the last few days about Lewis and the, you know, the, the amount of missed tackles he's forcing and the elusivity ratings and all that stuff. And he's basically just crushing his teammates in that department. So, uh, he's playing well, uh, he's healthy, which I mean, he was late last year too. 
but uh, the time to take him seriously. And Dion Lewis, hang on one second. Where is he? He is owned in only 10% of leagues on Yahoo. So if you want Dion Lewis, is he? do you think he, he, you can make a case for him as your number one pickup this week, right? Yeah, he'd be on, on, on the list. Yeah, it depends, I guess, on the league size and all that, but he'd probably be high up there. Maybe I could finally cut CJ Procise and get Dion Lewis. How about that? Since I'm stubborn. Yeah, yeah, you'd rather have Dion Lewis than CJ <laughs> Procise, I think. <laughs> all right. Um, other side of that one, Jets, uh, Austin Sperry and Jenkins making us look smart. Controversial plays aside, too. He's, Should have uh, had a second one. Yeah. Eight for 46 and a touchdown. I'll take that all the time. Um, eight, you want to tell me my tight end is going to catch eight passes on 11 targets. I, I am all in. I mean, yeah, there, were, there were a couple big broken plays in this game, too. Like the, the Patriots secondary. I know they, they only give up 7.5 yards per attempt in this one. They still leaked a few pretty big plays that look like busted coverage. Yep. Um, yeah, this is not the Patriots. Again, I don't know. This league's confused. This, I feel like every year you kind of go, oh, this league's so weird. I don't know what to make of it. But this I really don't want. I don't know what to make of. And the Patriots and other like, when are, they, when are they getting better? What are, is it enough anymore to just say, oh, well, they're the Patriots. They'll be fine. I don't know. I mean, Gronk scored twice. He's healthy again. That's a good sign. Cooks had nine targets, six for 93. This is kind of more like what I thought they would do. Scaled up a little bit, 45 attempts, maybe some weeks, where it was just the, the Cooks and Gronk show and then everybody else just doing a little bit. I mean, Hogan, one for 19, kind of a, a disappointing week for him. It's It's funny how guys like Hogan, they just start to earn your trust and they snap back and have that game that makes you realize like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's why I didn't want to play this guy every week to begin with. Right. Um, OK, Niners skins. Close game by Brian Hoyer. That was fun. You as you as my early, you know, my late round. I'm going to punt quarterbacks and you're going to be a good option for me. That didn't. That's a that's a big I'm going to take an L on that one. Yeah, that's that's a tough break. I mean, CJ Bethard looked pretty good. Um it's pretty pretty good for a debut against a good pass rush on the road, I guess, is, is the more appropriate contextual way to say it. But he's the starter now. Uh, if you're looking at him versus Hundley in a two-quarterback league, what's the preference? I think the Niners are going to throw – well, I was going to say the Niners are going to throw a lot because they're bad. So maybe that – I think I might be going that way. I can't say yeah. I know enough about C.J. Bethard. To, to make an educated, to make a well-educated guess. You didn't watch a lot of Iowa games these last few years? I did not, unfortunately. Good life choice. Yeah. <laughs> the only Big Ten football I paid attention to this weekend was, was Rutgers beating Illinois. How oh, great is you that? watched that? Oh, it's awesome. I thought that was the, you know, if a tree falls in the forest game of the week. Like I I was talking to somebody about that. I was like, who'd Rutgers play this week? Because I was I saw a Big Ten score scroll by and didn't see that one. Like, oh, they played Illinois. And I just like, oh man, who who tuned into that? Because that's that's just awful. Yeah. Hey man. Go Rutgers. Congrats though on the win. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Uh rest of this game. Uh the, the Niners, other offensive guys where I mean Hyde saved his day with the touchdowns. Uh, Chris Thompson got a lot of work. I thought P. We talked Friday. I thought P. Ryan was going to get a ton of work, mm-hmm. and it didn't quite 
work out. I mean, he caught some passes and got a receiving touchdown, which worked out well. But um, Thompson was very, very busy. And, you know, the receiving, I mean, 16 carries, you, you can't, 20 touches is too much for Chris Thompson. Much as we want to see him use, that's gonna, he's going to break if they do that. Yeah, I think you want to flip the numbers. I, I think you want to give P. Ryan the 16 carries, give, give Thompson nine, and dump the ball off to Thompson in space five or six times. 15 touches seems about right. If he's getting 15 touches, I feel pretty good about him as like a running back two in PPR leagues. Right. More of like a flex, I guess, if you're not getting PPR. He's explosive. Like, he, he's good. But he, yeah, I, I agree with you. He will break if you run him too much. And 16 carries per game would be too much. I think they'll probably get that right, though. Okay, the other thing here, we talked about prior on Friday. And we were hoping that Kirk Cousins was going to get him back involved. And the stats are not good. But the other thing you have to worry about here Cousins threw 37 passes, which is a healthy number. Nobody got more than five targets. The guys who got five, Pryor, Crowder, Reed, Grant, Thompson, Vernon Davis got four, Doxson three, P. Ryan three. I mean, it, it, this, this was a very uh, balanced passing game. And if you owned Pryor and drafted him with the idea that he was going to be, you know, the target monster... Obviously, after the first five weeks, you had to worry about that. But then now, after yesterday, again, you're going, oh, geez, this is this is not going to happen, at least to the extent you thought. No, I I fortunately I liked prior and just didn't get him anywhere. And I didn't see it playing out like this. But now that they've gone through their bye week, you know, they're, they're five games in six regular season weeks in. Maybe the breakout or the, the, the big step is coming late in the year down the stretch. Maybe he's a guy that comes up and he's a, a fantasy playoffs hero or something. But the the distribution overall was weird. Ryan Grant getting five targets. Even P. Ryan catching three passes is pretty unexpected. Right. Like, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you just throw it to Thompson eight times instead of throwing it to P. Ryan for those three? You would think. I never when I saw P. Ryan was catching passes because I actually he, I, he what I did with the optimizer yesterday was. I said P. Ryan and Gabriel and let the optimizer do the rest of the work. And, of course, you know, the ones I picked were not great. P. Ryan, when I get the receiving touchdown, I'm going, what in the world? Wow. Thanks. Yeah. But, um, all right, Bucks cardinals This one was a, just a disaster for the Bucks. James gets hurt. They, basically, they got blown out. I mean, you know, the score didn't look as bad. The final score didn't look as bad, but they just got destroyed early. Yeah, so. if, there were, if there were a fifth quarter... They may have been able to come back and, and win this game, though, because their defense made a few plays in the second half. Uh, they had the fumble, strip fumble of Larry Fitzgerald. They ran back for a TD. Uh, Palmer threw a pick. I mean, Palmer played pretty well overall. It was 18 of 22 for 283. Tampa's defense, kind of like the Saints defense and the Patriots defense, is one you want to pick on week to week. And look, Ryan Fitzpatrick's kind of like the older, bearded Ivy League version of, of Case Keenum, like when he... <laughs> When he comes in and plays, he, he plays well, and that's what you kind of hope you have as, as a backup quarterback. It, it's uh, Jameis is he was kind of throwing some passes when I turned the game on and thought it, thought they were going to bring him back in. They didn't, so maybe it's only a short term issue for him. Uh, but Doug Martin looked pretty good overall. I mean, Mike Evans had one long catch and a TD in this one. Great scored, so it's kind of a like a typical distribution of fantasy points for the Bucks offense, with the exception that it was Fitzpatrick playing most of this game as opposed to Winston. The other thing in this game, I, normally when, I, when people ask me start-sit questions, 
I'm, I, I'm, I make recommendations. I'm usually not dismissive of things unless it's, you know, Hey, should I start, should I start Aaron Rodgers or should I look at the, you know, the great matchup that Eli Manning has? And I say, well, no, you should start Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on. Right. That's when I get dismissive. Last week I got, I mean, a few times with people last week, it was Adrian Peterson. Come on, come on, folks. Who are you kidding? We're not doing this. It's his first week there. He's done. He's not doing anything. Why? Oh, he's running behind a bad line. Why are you all of a sudden going to think Adrian Peterson is going to help your fantasy team? Well, <laughs> oops. How, how did he do it? I mean, he looked kind of like old Peterson again, but yeah. that, wasn't, that wasn't how he looked in limited chances in other games this season in New Orleans. Right. I mean, we talked about, did we talk about the over-under with him? I think it was Tim and me. It was, was over under 500 yards for the rest of the season. And was it, oh, under. Come on. I took, the, I took the under on that. Right. And, you know, well, he's a quarter of the way there. Yeah. No. Now what? Yeah, now huge, what do you do huge miss for me. What do you do with him? What do you think? What do you tell people now? They're playing at the Rams this week. You got to go. I mean, he ran 26 times. You, he has, you have to play him if you have him. You won, yeah, you, you, you won you that bet if, that you placed on him last week. Yeah, if you've rostered him, you must have believed in him a little bit, so you'd have to play him coming off a game like that. I thought the volume would be similar to the Chris Johnson situation, like a dozen carries, no catches, just not much there. I thought 12 for 50 in a TD was like his upside. Clearly, I was very wrong about that. Yeah. So, so what happens here, I think, is basically because of the volume he got yesterday and the success he has with it, I mean – they're going to ride him until it doesn't work. Now, maybe it won't work later. Maybe their line will be bad, and maybe yesterday was somewhat fluky, although he, had, he must have something in the tank to be able to run like that. But for now, you, you have to try. You basically, you have to roll with him until it goes bad, I think is what I'm trying to say. So, oh, I don't Yeah, total whiff. And I do not own any Adrian Peterson shares. There was no way I was going to. So, you know, laugh at me if you want, everybody. All right. Everybody buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy. With SeatGeek, SeatGeek's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app, and I'm telling you, it's the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere with just a few taps. I can instantly find seats. And as Derek said, if you want to go to Saints Packers at Lambeau this week and watch Brett Hundley, use SeatGeek, right? Yeah, prices are down. I think pretty much every seat was over 200 uh, a couple weeks ago, like even close to 250. And now you can get stuff closer to like 150 at the low end, probably like 165, 170 for a lot of the seats you, you'd like really like to get. And I wouldn't be surprised if that fell even more over the course of this week. Like right. People are going to have a real conversation in the next couple of days. Like, should we sell the tickets? And I think a lot of people are going to sell them. Oh, man. This will be the time. The thing is, I, you would say this would be the time to go to Lambeau. Then a person like me who's never been to Lambeau, I want to go to Lambeau and see Brett Hundley. Well, oh. yeah, it, it's, it's more about the experience yeah. than anything else. But part of the experience, kind of like I said earlier, for a long time has been seeing a great quarterback play, too. Uh, but you get to see Drew Brees. That's to true. Go this week, so that's pretty cool. And I think the last time they played at Lambeau might have been the the year uh, after the Packers won the Super Bowl over the Steelers, and they had the the banner raising or the uh, 
doesn't even have banners hanging up. It's like uh, like numbers on the Ring of Honor area. Like yeah. they, just, they just put the year up. So that was pretty cool, and they won that game. Packers won that game on a goal line stand on the last play. It was a great shootout, kind of a Thursday night game. It's yeah, an yeah, awesome yeah. game. I was at that game. That was that was sweet. So uh, I'm I'm not optimistic that this week's game will be quite that exciting, but uh, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Maybe maybe Brett Hundley comes out and throws for 350 this week. Who knows? When you go to a Packers night game, what t- 7:30 kick? What time does your tailgate start? My tailgate starts at about four. Um, I'm a reasonable human adult male that uh, <laughs> my liver hasn't been broken in like an old baseball mitt the way some of the, the people that have had season ticket holders for like 30 years are where they can roll in at 9 a.m. And, and be there all day drinking Bloody Marys and beers and somehow like they're all functioning when they get into the stadium. I don't know how they do it. Right. No, I, four o'clock's early enough for me. Okay. Have a couple grill out, you know. Take take your time getting to the stadium, but uh, it, it's a great experience. I, I highly recommend it. And if hey, if look if if the money's been the issue holding people back, this is going to be a little little run, especially late in the year. Right. When if if they if they fall below five hundred, and Hunley or Joe Callahan are starting in December, and it's twenty degrees outside, you'll never get a cheaper regular season ticket to a game at Lambeau. That's a good point. All right, everybody, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals and to get you the most bang for your buck. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. It doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, new users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code ROTONFL today. That's promo code ROTONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right from your phone. Thanks, SeatGeek. Okay, Rams-Jags. Leonard Fournette, I had bad. I thought that was a bad, bad, bad Leonard Fournette injury, and it turns out it was not so bad. I was really nervous about that when I saw the way he he was moving around on the ground, and it sounds like he could play in week seven. So glad to see he's okay. Had that big 75 yard TD run yesterday. Uh, just looks like the real deal. I mean, almost 600 yards, six TDs now on the season. So he's, he is that offense right now. If he goes down, they're done. Right. Absolutely. All right. So the other thing that was weird about that game. So I didn't, you know, Fournette left late, Right. So that wasn't didn't affect everything. You know, I know they were throwing the ball. Chris Ivory, nine catches. What on I was watching some of that. I'm like, are they throwing? Did he throw to Chris Ivory again? What the I, I have no idea what they're doing. I mean, it seemed to work. But I was it was I mean, it was I was just shocked. I didn't understand it one bit. Chris Ivory had a season with the Jets, first year with the Jets. He had 182 carries. He caught two passes that year. He had seven <laughs> targets all season. Um, but his final season with the Jets, he got 30 passes. So like over time, they kind of realized, like, oh, this guy can actually do this. He's, you know, he's capable. And uh, yeah, nine's still a lot for for a guy like that. But they're one of those teams. Like, are they going to use him like the Bears used Tariq Cohen, where they just like force feed him targets because they didn't they don't want to let Bortles throw downfield? Is that crazy? Doesn't that sound crazy? Like I had, I had no, I, I just was stunned at the way that happened. I mean, I, I would, I don't want Bortles to throw any further than five yards if I can avoid it. He had, I think more yards and catches yesterday than he's had all season long. 
Right. <laughs> the other five games they played. I mean, are you trying to pick if you think Fournette's coming back this week? Are you do you want to take a fly? I mean, it, it you have you have to look at this as some sort of fluke. Like you can't look at the free agent wire and go, oh, I'm in a PPR league. Maybe I'm gonna pick up Chris Ivory. I mean, that seems crazy, doesn't it? Even after yesterday? Yes. It does and is. Okay. Just make sure we're on the same page there. Because sometimes I get stuck. I go, oh, that can't happen again. <laughs> no way. Um, Steelers, Chiefs. And we did talk about the, my lazy analysis last week of this looks too easy was correct. I didn't support it in any way. But, you know, it, 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 it worked out. The, Steel, the Steelers were fine. And, you know, the Chiefs are, um, you know, they're not perfect, which is okay. Uh, they held Cream Hunt in check rushing. He did get his yards receiving. But if you had Kareem, so if you had Cream Hunt, it wasn't a total loss, especially if you're in PPR. It wasn't a total loss. Not so bad. Yeah, 110, I think, uh, for total yardage. So, yeah. you know, like 11 points in, in non-PPR. Give another 2.5 or 5 if you're getting half or full PPR. Still a nice game. Uh, it's been a few weeks since he's scored. He hasn't scored in three consecutive games now, but he's getting tons of yardage. He's gone over 100 yards from scrimmage every game this season. Right. Um, the other one, let's see. Tyreek Hill is in the concussion protocol, right? Um, wasn't on the yeah. field for the final drive, so he we're not sure crushed. what's up there. It, it, that looked that looked bad. Yeah. Um, other side. Okay. What do we do with Mark Davis Bryant? There were reports that he asked for a trade. Then there were sources later that say he's not getting a trade. But before the game, there were other reports that basically said, you know, they're they're going to cut down his workload, and Juju's going to get more work, um, and they're going to put Eli in the slot, and Juju's going to get more work, and you know. Um, Mark Davis Bryant, two for 27. Is he a cut? Mm, 10 teamers, yeah. 12 teamers, probably. 14 teamers, I'd still rather not because the trade's possible. And if one of those other guys, if, if Eli Rogers or Juju Smith Schuster gets hurt, are they going to play Darius Hayward Bay over Martavis Bryant? Right, that's true. But I mean, so you, you're counting on a backup receiver. Though. Yeah, I guess the, um, that, that might not be fair either, though, because uh, Roethlisberger, he, he still could be broken. Like a lot of the yardage yesterday, like the long TD to Antonio Brown, that pass was thrown through the hands of a defender. Oh, him and helmet, didn't it? Yeah, well, it hit, it hit somebody else. No, wait, it didn't hit anybody. I thought it hit the guy it, in the helmet. It pounced up it, in the Maybe air. it hit him. It, it took a funny, it, it was a weird play. It, it should have been picked off. And Brown made an amazing play and then scored. He like beat a guy that should have tackled him too and ended up scoring on it. You take that away, I mean, very pedestrian day again for Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Um, yeah. The other thing, yes, yeah, so I was going to mention Antonio um, with the lucky touch. Saved his day with a lucky touchdown. Um, Chargers, Raiders. Okay, so Chiefs at Raiders Thursday night. Do you think... You know, context TBD. When people say to you this week, hey, Amari Cooper or X, are you finally giving? Are you going to go, just just bench the guy? I mean, it depends on who it is, obviously. But generally, if it's a top 30 wide receiver type, what do you think you're going to do? What, what do you think you'll say more often than not? Let's put it that way. <sighs> yeah, uh, probably going to be Aaron on the side of benching him. It's terrible. It's just not getting better. With him or Carr, for that matter. Yeah, there's a stat right here from, from Paul Gutierrez, who covers the, the Raiders for ESPN. 
So Derek Carr kept it short against the Chargers. 70% of his passes were thrown five or fewer yards downfield, the highest percentage in a game in his career. I think that back still bothering him. <laughs> right. I, I mean, something. Yeah, it's probably that. And this is just a bad, this Raiders thing, this just went off the rails. It's bad. I um, didn't see it coming at all. Like, I, I really didn't. I mean, they they cruised in, in the first two games and had that Sunday night game against Washington, and they haven't quite been the same since. Um, other side of that one, uh, the Chargers, uh, Mike Williams back in the field didn't do much, didn't play much. Uh, Melvin Gordon, huge game, thanks to two touchdowns. 12 targets receiving, by the way. Nine for 67 and a score in addition to his rushing. Um, and Hunter, Hunter Henry... Again, I think we said it last week. You're out of the woods if you own Hunter Henry. You're good. You don't need to worry about the Gates. I mean, look, Gates might catch a touchdown here and there, but generally Hunter Henry's going to be fine. So good for you if you have him. Um, Giants-Broncos, what in the world? What, what the I, – I, I, I didn't know what I was watching. I had no clue. I thought, I thought both Denver running backs were viable because I thought the volume would be so good for both of them that Jamal Charles was like a nice flex play this week. Right. And it wound up that, you know, C.J. – I, I think that he, he got boxed out because they were losing. So I don't know that I'd panic if I own CJ. Orleans Darkwa. Okay, here's a question for you based on the stuff we just said. Who's your pickup, Darkwa or Deion Lewis? I like Lewis more than Darkwa. I think I like Peterson even more than Darkwa. I still don't trust the Giants. Like this is I know. This is a weird game. Gallman got three yards per carry. Yeah, uh, Darkwa got 5.6. He had a 47 yarder sprinkled in there. Maybe I'm just dumb. Maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, in, incapable of, of realizing what Orleans Darkwa is. He just seems like your garden variety, like backup running back or third string running back that doesn't bring a ton to the table. Is he faster than I think? Is he more elusive than I, than I realize? I have to watch the tape. I have to look at him more closely because I thought Gallman was better than Darkwa and against the good defense Darkwa looked great and got more than twice as many carries so if you're a Gallman owner is he a cut right now probably I mean he's a second string second string runner on a on a team with a bad line even though that line played well last night I mean Eli last night was under seven yards per attempt only threw for 128 yards yeah. only threw it 19 times safe short all that everything was the Evan Ingram and that was it Yep, pretty Things much. Things will change once they get Sterling Shepard back. That'll help a lot. A lot? Just a little. A little. <laughs> a little. I don't, don't want to go overboard. But, uh, I mean, I, no, not in a million years. Didn't think this game would go this way at all. Love Denver going into it, especially coming off the bye, being at home, checking all the boxes. Emmanuel Sanders hurt his ankle in this one. The yes. X-rays, it came back negative. MRI coming today. So that's that's kind of a, a big potential blow to their offense because everything kind of funnels through Thomas and, and Sanders. I'm not sure Benny Fowler. I mean, Fowler had eight targets. I don't I don't think Fowler's a, a must add. No. If Sanders is out for any stretch of time, he's just going. They're just going to throw to Demarius Thomas every play if they can. So, um, by the way, with the Darkwood stuff, Giants home to the Seahawks on Sunday. Off so, a bye. Off a bye. Yes. So don't I get, like don't Seattle's get cocky, Giants. Yeah. Well. Volume-wise, you may have to play him, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, the guy got 20-some, 20-plus. I'm, I'm, I'm good, you know. I'm, I'm fine with trying that. Um, yeah, over Gallman. I thought Gallman was going to be the guy, but last week, remember, go, was last week against the Chargers, Dark was started well, 
and got hurt. And we, you know, should have sort of thought, realized a little more then. Because Gallman came in and we liked the way he looked. And you're like, oh, hey, maybe we'll try him. But Darkwa seemed to be the first option until things went bad last week. So, um, Colts-Titans tonight. Looks like Mariota's going to play, right? That's the early indication, at least. And I've got him lined up to go in a two-quarterback league where I need like three points. So, if he gets scratched, I have to probably cut him because of the way the league works to pick up a kicker or anything that could it's a flex spot right so anybody else in that game i think castle's even available too i can't cut players i didn't use in espn league so i have to cut a player who hasn't played yet and he's my only player who hasn't played yet somebody else in the league cut his 10 team league just going into this week and i should have just played case keenum just to lay up and, and get you know hopefully 10 points and get a little more than that so I'm going to make a, a difficult call. Do I do I give up the matchup or do I drop him and try to buy him back in fab? And I think the the latter is the way to go. I think you cut him and take the backup, try to win this week, and then go get him back. Right. Uh, but I lost Aaron Rodgers in that league. I, I, I that uh, sucks. Yeah. Like that's that's brutal. That is brutal. Um, this game that they projected the implied point total is 27.75 for the Titans, which is high. Are you buying that? And if so, are you buying any of the receivers? If they do it, I think it is because the the receivers get going. I I, I don't like what they've been doing with Eric Decker. It just seems like he's not really not really gelling yet. So if you got to pick somebody, Rashard Matthews, maybe Delaney Walker has a has a big game. I could see that being kind of the, the 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 Delaney Walker best game of the year so far. He had seven for seventy six on nine targets against Oakland in Week One. Maybe you get a game like that with a TD tonight from him. Right. Maybe. Um, the thing with Matthews, before last week, which is the Castle game, um, he had 32, 32 targets in four games. Is that looking right? 18, 5, 20. Yes, 32 targets in four games. So not bad. Seemed to be the preferred option, other than Delaney Walker, which you're right about. Delaney Walker in those first four, nine, four, six, seven, so 13, 26. So what, Matthews by a little bit. So, all right. Um, Anything else going on? What else we got going on this week that people need to look for? The usual stuff, right? The the film room that Mario's doing, um, the Facebook Live Q&As. What else is up? Yeah, Jeff's weekly rankings go up, uh, I think, Wednesday mornings or late Tuesday nights. Uh, Kevin Payne's waiver article goes up Tuesday mornings, and you got the waiver pod that uh, John does with uh, Jake Latarski. So tons of good stuff coming up again this week, and hopefully uh, things that will continue to help you uh, win your leagues. All right. Everybody listeners to the podcast can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod, no credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out now, rotowire.com slash pod. Thanks for all the reviews and ratings, everybody. Keep them coming. And thanks for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Our next episode, as Derek said, will be coming on Tuesday. Jake and I will talk about free agent targets, Deion Lewis, Orleans Darkwa, and more. So please check back then. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.